baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, you know, I talked, uh, by the way, Jordana off. She is in uh, Washington, D.C. It's a work trip where she is advocating for that great organization, Dave, (laughs) which is? Uh, NM. (laughs) Shoot, PD. Yeah. Is that it? I hope so. Oh, boy. Formerly Be the Match. And she's there advocating uh, for people just like herself who received a transplant that saved her life and good on her. What a cool thing to do, which leads you like, begs the question, if you, what cause would you uh, accept to go to Washington to uh, advocate for? Is there one cause where you'd say, you know what? We want you to go to Washington to advocate for this cause. I think I do like, you know, over outdoors kind of cause, you know, f- saving our, uh, preserving our fisheries, preserving our uh, public lands for hunting. I think that get me to Washington D.C. NMDP. Is that NMDP, what I said? Yep. NMDP. That's exactly what you said. Uh, hey, uh, update to our show today. You just heard in the news that there was a rash of robberies over the weekend. Yep. And just confirmed that Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara will join us one hour from now at eleven oh five. Perfect. Lots to get uh, to with the chief, including yeah, just crazy, uh, sad, frightening amount of robberies. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to talking to uh, Chief O'Hara. In the next hour. A bar of their own, the state's first bar dedicated entirely to women's sports, will officially open its doors on Friday. We talked to the creator of this bar a couple months ago, and now it's finally coming to fruition. Again, it'll open on Friday with a weekend full of festivities as their grand opening happens. It's located in Minneapolis's Seward neighborhood. And we clarified with the owner that uh, even if the World Series is on or the Super Bowl is on or whatever, they will show exclusively... Women's sports, I say bravo to that. My question for you, Adam, is what upcoming women's sports event would you like to see well, at a bar of their own? First of all, a Big Ten tournament. Yes. Can I just say this, too? And I, 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 I watched the girls' state hockey tournament this weekend, and that uh, semifinal game between Minnetonka and Edina was so good. And I'm not just patronizing here. That was really good hockey. And I, and I know, they, obviously, these girls are extremely talented. But I, I honestly, I was shocked at how good a hockey game it was. Uh, the talent level of girls' hockey players in this state, as evidenced by the ones who go on to play college and now professional hockey, is fantastic. Bravo to... Uh, those teams that participated in the state hockey tournament this weekend, uh, I think Warroad won class single A, and that little up-and-coming Edina, finally some recognition for the Edina Hornets. They won uh, the double A tournament, uh, beating Hill Murray. That's a classic matchup. Hill Murray and uh, Edina, and that Hill Murray goalie, boy, is she tremendous, and she was uh, honored this weekend too, but fantastic hockey. Uh, those girls should be proud and um yeah, back to the bar. We asked, like, if the Timberwolves are in the NBA Finals, she's like, nope. 
Sorry. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, come on. I mean, if I'm like, oh, yeah, you can't find any other bar yeah. where you can go and watch the Timberwolves. So let's settle down, and I applaud. It's a good marketing gig. Uh-huh. It's a, I think uh, they'll be uh, very successful. I hope they are. As workers continue to return to their offices following the fan- pandemic, the pandemic, that's something else, <laughs> they're apparently looking for love. Since returning to the office, 29% of workers say they have started a romantic relationship with a coworker. This is according to a new survey that also showed that another, an additional 25% say they have developed a crush Whoa. on a coworker that never led Whoa. to a romantic interaction. Adam, I was going to ask you if you've ever had like a romantic thing with a coworker. Well, I decided not to ask you that. That's instead. Well, I'll answer it. No. Okay. Okay. I you have not. Yeah. Uh, my question though is, d- does this surprise you in this yes. post post COVID and post Me Too world? Well, surprise you that over fifty percent of people say they've had something, either a crush or a relationship. So over fifty percent have either had a crush or have actually made the move and dated someone or yes. hooked up with somebody from the office. That is surprising to me, but I think it reflects. I think that's the COVID rebound where you don't see too many people, and suddenly you're back there and. You probably weren't out, you know, mingling with uh, during COVID, mm-hmm. but that is surprising. Yeah. And we've we did it just a couple of weeks ago about inner office romances. Mm-hmm. I did it on Valentine's Day oh. uh, when I did the morning show, and we might bring this back in the next segment. But I was like six five one four six one nine two two six. I think it's a bad idea. I just think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, you might find not to, you know, obviously people are attracted to each other. There's not a lot you can do to help that. But I always figure it's just a yeah. bad idea to get involved with somebody at work. It just uh, wouldn't end well. You know what I'm saying? So if you could go on one date with any man. No, <laughs> <laughs> Joyce Lamont. <laughs> uh, Byron Buxton will be back in center field for the Twins this season. He'll make his return to the outfield uh, this week. They haven't said what game yet. Apparently he'll take to the field Heard it. Uh, this week yep. in spring training for the first time. Adam, does this move the needle for the Twins, having Buxton back in the outfield? <laughs> I'm a little hesitant to get on board with the excitement. We all know the talent that is Byron Buxton. But how many times are we going to go through this? This is the year. He's healthy. He's ready to go. How many times have we heard that? I just saw a tweet yesterday about Miguel Sano. I forget what team now Miguel Sano is signed on with. But there was a tweet. Miguel Sano has lost 38 pounds and feels. How many times did we hear that story? That Whoa, Miguel Sano, he's lost the weight. He's committed. Yeah. And how many times have we heard, you know, Byron Buxton healthy, ready to go? Last year, I think they did a fairly good job, and I don't know what the intentions were last year, whether they wanted to put him in the outfield or if it was going to be a designated hitter situation the whole year. I I, I hope so. Obviously, the the Twins are much better when he's playing in center field. But the way he plays and just his body makeup, it's not built for the long haul. Will he prove us wrong this year? That'd be great, but I'm not I'm not hopeful that we're going to see a lot of Byron Buxton in center field. After a nationwide outage for AT&T customers last week, the cell phone provider has announced that we'll be offering credits to the accounts of those affected by that outage. Um, it caused was caused apparently not by hackers, but by a botched network update. Of course, it's like you know, we all do that on our phone. Your phone needs an update and something goes wrong yeah. and your phone's up. So I guess that's what happened. I called BS on that, by the way, on Friday. I thought it was a hack job. And I oh, think and that think AT&T they're, is they're covering, covering it up. for it. Yes. Mm, okay. Okay. 
Uh, either way, AT&T will be offering a credit to accounts impacted to the tune of one to, uh, let's see, five dollars. <laughs> okay. Here. One they two. get the five bucks <laughs> for the day award for that. Five bucks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> How about a free bill? Like, you know, or 50% what? off your bill for yeah. the month. I mean, that obviously would take a huge hit, but you know what? They screwed up. In other news, there's a new hidden fee, and everyone will be paying an extra $7 exactly. a month. Thank you. <laughs> right. So, no. I mean, again, it's that's what companies do, and then we get, get upset about yeah. it. I get it. And Wait, so you think, it was a, you think I it's do. a hack? I think it was a hack, and they – because they're always like, oh, you know, we implemented this new system. We just didn't anticipate BS. I think it was a test run. I'm telling you, we got these – this is the, the new warfare is warfare on communications. And there's some people out there who want to, including foreign governments of significant size that would want to do harm to us. Okay, all that's true, but what leads you to believe that this specific outage? Because, yes, there are hacks, and yes, that will continue to happen, but also technology fails for dumb reasons, too. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a conspiracy theory. Okay, yeah. Uh, 651-461-9226. Are inter-office romances a bad idea? I say yes. Prove me wrong. So Dave, as part of uh, Quick Takes, just said that more than 50% of people responding, correct me if I'm wrong here, said they either have a crush on someone at work. Now, that is fine. I mean, yeah, I think most of us probably at some point have had a crush on someone at the office. Yeah. Not that you're going to act on it. Just think, well, you know, in a different time, I might uh, try to pursue somebody like that. But also people who actually have taken that step mm-hmm. and either hooked up with someone or actually started a relationship. Now, it's different, I think, if, but I think it's a bad idea, either one. And you can say, well, it's just a hookup. You know, we had a little too much to drink at the office party. We went back and one thing went. But still, you know the tension that that creates I just think it's a bad idea, and I know that I'm sure there's plenty of people, including people listening, and call me if you're one of them who said, "You know what? I do. I did fall in love with someone at the office, and we're happily married, and we continued to work together." I just think that even if that relationship works, I think it adds an element to the workplace that wouldn't be there if you weren't romantically involved with someone. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We're getting some texts, but I want to hear from call call me. And prove me wrong that I think inner office romances are a bad idea. What do you think, Dave? Do you do you agree with me that it's just it can't end well, or it might end? Well. I mean, it can, but I I just think the chances yeah. are the chances of it going badly outweigh the likelihood that it's going to be that it's going to work out. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between like a fling or a hookup or something more casual that I think if you're, if that's what you're in for, like go elsewhere, go to the bar, find a different place to like find a casual thing or a hookup or something, because it just is going to create problems. I think if what you're really after is like a long-term committed partner, then I think it's totally different because like that's a lifelong search for a lot of people trying to find like the person they want to raise a family with, live with, be devoted to. And if, you find that person at work, I, like I don't think it should be off the table just because you work with them. I yep. think there's problems, and I've seen that play out at a previous workplace where people have to disclose yeah. uh, that they're 
um, dating yep. and maybe change who reports to who or things like that. Um, but if if what you're really in for is something long term and meaningful, then I, I think you then have to find. I think then like love trumps the awkwardness that could be of the office romance, and it's okay to pursue that in a in a patient and diligent I, way. I agree, and but in that case, I think you should be more cognizant of. Because it's not just you. I mean, you can say, hey, we get along fine. We can work together and not it doesn't interfere. That might be true. But just the perception of others, too. It's like I think other people would just automatically feel like there's a bias there. And I think there is a bias there if you're working with someone who, who you love and you're in a relationship with. Yeah, and if you're going to pursue that relationship, you know that that could impact your work in some ways, whether you you know are not eligible for a certain role or something because you're working too closely with the person you have a relationship with. So if you're willing to say, yep, this relationship is important enough to me that I'm going to pursue it even though it could impact my career, then or I find guess, a new ahead. job too, yeah. right? Yeah. I met a text coming in, lots of texts, but we'd love a phone call, 651-461-9226. I met my husband when we worked at the same nature center. My like my lifelong relationship with my husband is more important to me than the job. I would change jobs if needed to be with my forever person. That's what I'm saying. It's like if you found someone and you felt it was going to impact your workplace, or even if you just didn't want the perception, then it would be worth it to find a new job. Uh, jobs come and go, but love lasts forever. <laughs> or the other way around. Yeah. Love comes and goes, but jobs <laughs> last forever. Workplace romance is the workplace is a good place to see people under different circumstances. Happy, stressed, sad, and you get a better view of a person as a whole. Bars when people are usually not their true or best selves is not the place for getting to really know a person. I met my wife of 24 years at work. Uh, met my lovely wife at work 28 years ago, still going strong. Hottest romances were in her office. Fun to try to find a private spot for a little fun and games. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. This isn't Penthouse Forum. Yeah, here. that's fake. Uh, I agree with Adam. Office romances are a bad idea. It happens a lot in retail and in, indus- and in industries where the age skews younger. As one supervisor told me, don't crap where you eat. I did think it was interesting. The, the stats I quoted from this study um, – over 50% of workers returned to the office had some sort of either crush or romantic. Like I would believe that in like young single workers that that would be true. But that I question that stat in terms of people who are uh, older and more established in their career and have marriages. I I don't think it's quite that. And I think you probably, when you talk at least for flings, not necessarily, you know, finding long-term love or relationships, but if it's, you know, like quick hookups, I think, you know, there are those, I think that there are definitely industries that skew younger workers that aren't, you know, our service industries probably where you can probably get away with it, where it's not going to lead to a little tension. I think of like restaurant workers. Those are probably jobs that where a lot of that has happened before. Uh, my wife and I own a business together. I try for romance every day. She turns me down daily. Got married to a woman I met at work. We worked together for a while till it fell apart and I went my own way. I'll never date anyone from work again. Uh, I fell in love with my late husband at work. He was a wonderful man, never hurt us at work because we worked in different areas and positions. Don't do it, says a texter. I thought it was great sex and a fling, and he was hoping for more. It didn't end well. That's from a texter from a 402 area code. We'll have to look that one up. We love when people are listening from out of town. Text back in. Tell us where you're listening from. Um, I had a crush on someone, but now I'm... (laughs) 
not allowed within 100 feet of her. Very nice. Uh, Fanny Willis, or Fanny Willis, everybody's texting in. Yes, I get I get that story. Um, what else? Seems like flirtation at work would be like a fishbowl situation. Very embarrassing for everyone watching it unfold. Yes and no, because that being said, there are always people who are just natural flirts that are just kind of that way at work. And I know that that is not as acceptable as it used to be. you got to be very careful if you're flirtatious, if just that's your personality. But some people are just kind of like that. Uh, workplace romances. The workplace is a good place to see people under different circumstances. Yeah, I read that one already. All right. Uh, we'll move on uh, because uh, lots to cover. Again, the chief of Minneapolis police, Brian O'Hara, joins us from time to time. He'll join us at 1108. Another rash of robberies, armed robberies. And, boy... If you want to keep pushing that, you know, Minneapolis is a safe place to be, come on down. It's stories like that that have a scratch in our head, and I know the chief is about as frustrated as anybody with it. We'll talk to him coming up at 11.08 about that. But I started the show talking about Nikki Haley and the fact that she doesn't seem to be going anywhere in the race for the White House, even though, boy, there doesn't seem like there's a path for her to beat Donald Trump. So what's her motivation? We'll try to get into that. Michael Broadcorp, former uh, deputy chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, who uh, now comments on all things political. He'll join us next on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Nikki Haley uh, finishes a distant second, as expected, in her home state of South Carolina, but she's not going anywhere. She she says she's going to stay in the race, and I'm here for it. I thought uh, we'd break this down with Michael Broadcorp. He's the former deputy chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, also hosts the Breakdown with Broadcorp and Becky Podcast, joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Good morning, sir. Thank you for the time. So I started the show by saying I don't know what Nikki Haley is doing, but I'm all for it. As someone who doesn't want to see another uh, Trump uh, presidency, what do you think is her motivation besides saying, you know, I'm staying, I'm staying in the race, I'm going to be here, even though, you know, obviously she's there's really no path, and now a lot of her big donors are saying, okay, we've spent enough money with her, we're going to look elsewhere. That's great to be here this morning. Yes, I think there's a growing sentiment amongst, and it's pretty, I shouldn't say growing, but a pretty consistent sentiment that Americans do not want a Trump. Yep. Biden rematch. And I think she's attempting to tap into it. I'm in complete agreement with you. I think the math is hard for her. I think it's very difficult. Uh, but I'm all for it because I think the more that there is an option other than Trump for Republicans, I think that's good. Um, I think that's really good. But statistically, Adam, I mean, the probability of her winning the nomination is pretty low right now, even though there's been such a small number of delegates allocated. She would have to do something pretty extraordinary uh, to start being competitive in the race for the nomination. So I guess there's two theories at play here. One is that she is sticking around saying, okay, Donald Trump is facing numerous legal challenges, and there is a chance that he's convicted on one or more of those, and then I would be ready to go if that happens. The other theory is, I've heard now, is that, okay, maybe 
She's positioning herself for a third-party run. Which of those do you believe is more likely? I think it's. I think it's. Well, first of all, Trump is facing some serious legal jeopardy in the in the coming months, and so I think it is good to have a backup plan for the for or good to have an emergency break or a backup plan or an extra parachute for uh, the Republican nominee's path. I don't know about the viability of the of the third party, and here's why. Um, it's just, I mean, I could, I could see it going either way. First of all, there's, I think it's tough to mathematically for a third party to win credibly. Uh, I think that's a, I think we're a two party system at the national level. I, I also will say to you though, is that there is a lot of frustration um, with, I think amongst Americans, once again, going back to it about a Trump Biden rematch. And so the problem with, you know, the building a third party movement is sometimes there's situational, meaning, you know, there's angst this time around. Uh, but you need a pretty strong personality to be able to do it. Um, and it's, it's better, uh, it's a better exercise at the state level, which we saw, you know, in 98 in Minnesota with mm-hmm. Ventura, who was a very strong personality to able to anchor that movement. Um, I think that there's a number of scenarios uh, where you could see a, a no labels candidate or someone else getting in. But right now, I think it's right now, I think where it's at today is, it's Trump-Biden is the likely general election matchup, but there's this, still this growing sentiment of people who are not happy with that being the ticket. When I look at Nikki Haley and her support, I think of, honestly, I think of people like you, people who are traditional Republicans who push for Republican ideals but are totally dissatisfied with Donald Trump based on his character and other things. Is that is that your feel? the people that you know who are like-minded? Is... is are they of the same thought, and then that is that kind of her, where her support comes from? I think so. Yes, I've never traveled in a, in a. I didn't support Trump in sixteen or twenty. I've never really traveled in a pro-Trump circle, um, and so the the vast majority that I people that I associate with and, and do stuff with are, are certainly more inclined to be supporting. Uh, certainly more inclined to be supporting Nikki Haley, and that's you know if if I if I was uh, that's who I would certainly prefer to be uh, the nominee on the Republican side. I will also say from a numbers standpoint, I mean she polls in tr- incredibly well against Biden, and I think again it goes back to that dynamic, Adam, which is if, if the Democrats uh, didn't have Biden at the top and they had someone else, and if the Republicans had someone else at the top. Uh, the dynamics of the race would be much different. Mm-hmm. By all available information that we know based on polling, Nikki Haley would be a stronger candidate, I think, for the overall Republican ticket. And that's what I, I continue to struggle with uh, with, the, 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 with the Trump supporters is the path to victory. There is a path for Trump to win against Biden. It's just a much more narrow path, and, it's, and it, uh, there's a lot of things that are at play. But Nikki Haley, if, if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican who wants to see the Republican Party grow and succeed all across the state of Minnesota, you're a Nikki Haley supporter. That's where you should be. Uh, as expected, Ronna McDaniel uh, is on her way out as the uh, head uh, of the uh, uh, Republican Party. Um, it's just a confirmation that this is Trump's party now. And as someone like you, who I just, uh, by the way, we're talking to Michael Broadcore, former deputy chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, as someone who obviously, as what I would call that traditional Republican, what do you make of this transformation to the party of Trump? And and what what is your explanation? Because I I struggle to come up with the solid reasoning on why 
so many people have just fallen in line here. Regarding Trump, yes. I mean, I think um, Trump appeals to um, a frustrated group of, of Republicans and Americans. I think that think that, you know, just feel disenfranchised from the political system. He uses um, he, he uses, uh, you know, really strong language, rhetorical language to, to, to whip up his base. He has a very passionate group of supporters. Uh, the problem is, is that I don't think that it's a coalition that can win uh, this time around. I think it's a much harder path. I struggle with it because uh, because I don't identify much with it. And I think that they're a, a passionate group of people who uh, it's really become a cult of personality more than it is a political party. And to see what's going on at the RNC, to think that where you know part of the reason this could be done is that the RNC would be taking on all the legal bills of Trump's efforts uh, and you know dealing with paying all those expenses. Again, this is where I don't think Trump is necessarily value added to the entire ticket. Because the, there's a number of uh, of elections going on this this year that aren't just about the presidency. It's um, it's Republicans potentially trying to win back the United States Senate, keeping the House of Representatives, and so burdening the RNC with potentially taking out all of Trump's legal fees and having the party have such a strong association and connection to him is, I think, going to be an anchor on the rest of the efforts. But that's what Trump people expect. They expect. They expect uh, people to be loyal, 100% loyalty. And one thing that I've always noticed with the Trump supporters is they're very uncomfortable with other people succeeding in the party if it's not related to Trump. And so I don't think the presidential race, the way Trump is as a candidate, I think he would need to have someone at the RNC and have it just be almost a mirror image of what he is and have it just be uh, an, an extension of the campaign because it's all about Trump. Everything is about Trump. And that's ultimately, I think, the danger, Adam, for legislative candidates and for Republicans wanting to win the House of Representatives back here in Minnesota. It's, it's having that Trump presence, I think, in the suburbs is going to be a challenge. Yep. And it's a concern that I have just electorally. I was just going to bring that up about the House of Representatives here, which will be up for grabs in November as well. If Donald Trump is at the top of that Republican ticket, does it significantly hurt Republicans' chances of winning back that House? I think it makes it more difficult. And I think I think Republicans should I mean there's a couple things going in Republicans' favor. Uh, you know, there is there is a weak incumbent president, mm-hmm. and I think that that's hurting the Democratic the, the overall effort. But again, Donald Trump is really good, is a really good mobilizing get out the vote factor for a portion of the Republican Party but nearly all of the Democratic Party. And that's the issue here, is that who's going to be more motivated to vote? And, and, and fear is a very substantive motivating factor for people to go out to elections. Um, and if, if people are concerned about Trump, and it's, and it's that, thought, that, that kind of down-bound effect they don't have, then I think ultimately will be so problematic. I think there's an argument to be made in that, uh, he energizes certain parts of the state, and that's true. He does. He does energize certain parts of the state. But if you're thinking about, I, mean, I live in Egan, um, where I used to, where I, where I live, and what I've seen over the years is Republicans losing in those suburban areas. And so, if Republicans are going to make the type of gains that they need to pick up the majority, they need to win in some of those suburban seats. And I, I just, I'm challenged. I'm continually trying to monitor and trying to understand how Donald Trump helps 
Republican candidates win in the suburbs because what I've heard from people consistently is that it's a problem. And so we'll have to wait and see. I think it's just tougher math with him at the top. So the focus, if you're uh, being hired by some of these candidates, the focus, which has been seemed to be, is on the you know last year's legislative session where you had the trifecta, spending all this money. Uh, we thought that would be a good argument for Republican candidates this year. So is that a matter you just focus on that and try to just avoid the whole Trump uh, uh, name altogether yes but but yes but that's difficult because trump people are aware of that and they understand that type of mindset and so they're going to want they're going to want to be in the front seat with the campaign and so one thing that's in one thing that i think may be going in republicans favor is trump in in trump when he was last running for president said he wouldn't come back to minnesota if he didn't win the race he famously said I'm not coming back to Minnesota if I don't win this time around. Well, Trump lost the state in 2020. So I think one of the best things that could happen for Republicans in this state is that Donald Trump doesn't come back. And they have that space in which to, to build their own, their own kind of operation separate from the Trump effort. The problem with that is, as I've said before, is that Trump wants that association. It's all about Trump. It's, it's, it's the Republican Party of Trump uh, more than anything right now. And that's the problem. And it's difficult to have, it's difficult for a local candidate to break out from that message when you have such a dominating figure at the top of the ticket. Uh, fairly close in 2016, not so much in 2020. I don't see any scenario. Do you that Donald Trump could win this state? You know, polling shows, um, recent polling shows that it's close. Um, I will say to you, again, going back to the get out the vote, that once the election comes around, I think that Trump is going to be a very, very, very polarizing figure and energizing figure for, again, a portion of the Republican Party, but for all the Democrats. Again, I think the reason why 16 was so close was not because of anything that Trump had done. It was because there was leftover dissatisfaction between some Sanders people and Clinton. Uh, there were some other, some local issues in, in northern Minnesota that were kind of splitting some Democrats. And so if the Democrats show up and they're energized to defeat Donald Trump, that is, could be enough for them clearly to win the state. Michael, always enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll reach out again soon. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Michael Broadcorp, former deputy chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, also hosts the uh, Breakdown with Broadcorp and uh, Becky podcast. 1048 on News Talk 830 WCCO. Um, eating in bed. That tough topic coming up next. Oh, Dave says, yeah, uh, I'm going to confess something next. 11, 1052, 1052, 11 o'clock on the East Coast, 1052 here in the Midwest. That is your Lindus Construction Time. Check time to invest in clog-free leaf guard gutters. And receive 50% off installation labor. So last night, uh, my stepdaughter ran and uh, got some food. And my wife asked me, do you want uh, something from Jimmy John's? I said, you know, I was kind of hungry. I'll take a Jimmy John's sub. So she came home and my wife brought it upstairs to me. And I was already like kind of laying in bed. And for a second, I thought, well, I'd better go down and eat this. But you know what? I, I said, the heck with it. I'm just going to eat this in bed here. So I, you know, Jimmy John's comes in the big wrapper. So I opened the wrapper. And I enjoyed my sandwich right in bed. Bad move, you say? Is that gross? Yes. Eating in bed is gross. Under no circumstances can one person eat in bed. Help me out here. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Yes or no? Is it gross to eat in bed? Are you a college student? Uh, n- Are you under the age of twenty two? No. Are were you drunk at the time? Uh no. Okay, then no. Under no circumstances. 
I think the. Sh- uh, I mean, is there a level? Is there I mean, a is that also food? The, does anyone else sleep in that bed besides you? Yes, my wife. Well, then I think that is disrespectful to your wife to. She handed it to me though. She brought it upstairs. If she's listening now, was it disrespectful of me to? How many eat crumbs? In bed? Like when she, I, she like went and crawled in bed, like free. ooh, a little mayonnaise no, there. No, a couple of. Crumbs. I hope I hope that's mayonnaise. A couple of crumbs down I, by my feet. No, there was no crumbs involved. Uh, we used to have a producer here, the Devin Marshall. Devin oh, used yes. to say he'd eat full meals in bed, like spaghetti and pasta. Now I'm not eating spaghetti. Okay, but again, he's like 18 years old yeah. and. Uh, I believe sleeps in his own bed with nobody else. So I think that's a little different. I eat in bed. How is that different than eating on the couch? If you spill, clean it up, wash the sheets. It's quite sexy to serve women breakfast in bed. Yeah. Adam, you're turning into George Costanza from <laughs> Seinfeld. That's right. Remember that? He was like having sex and he'd like put his head up. He had the sandwich, the hoagie right by the bed. Nothing wrong with it. It's my... It's my... What... what Bed rotting is a new term where yes. people just hang Wait, out in bed all So day. was this at dinner time? Uh, yes. So you were already in bed at like 7 o'clock <laughs> yes. night? It was like 8 o'clock. <laughs> so it been, but I was watching TV. I wasn't like going to bed. I was wa- This is where I like to watch TV because our main TV in our living room, <sighs> our dogs have r- ruled, ruled the roost now um, there on the couch. So my bed is my refuge where I know there's no dog hair and I can sit and watch TV. And Only crumbs, no dog hair. Crumbs are okay. Dog hair makes I think itch. I think you need to take a, uh, a hard look at your eating and sleeping and TV watching habits. Because look, you have an entire room in your house for eating yep. and a room for watching TV Correct. and a room for sleeping. That you weird? don't need to do all those things in your bedroom. That's a good point. Uh, yes, most normal people have a TV in their bedroom. Who doesn't snack when they watch TV? Dave, stop being such a clean freak. Live a little. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> By the way, okay. you know what I was watching on TV last night? Hmm. You know what is now available on Amazon Prime? Northern Exposure, which is one of my favorite shows of all oh, time. Okay. And now Northern Exposure is available on hmm. Amazon Prime. I think you'd like Northern Exposure. It's about this New York doctor who has to go to Alaska to work as part of a work agreement. And cast of characters, it's a very good show. Uh, One of my favorites. It's okay if I watch that in my living room, or would you prefer (laughs) I watch it in bed while eating a pizza? Well, you know, moose, like a chunk of moose burger. You know, that's that's. You ever eaten moose? Oh, yeah, it's delicious. Really? Very lean, too. Mm -hmm. When I was in Iowa, actually, a guy gave me some moose. Can you hunt moose in Minnesota? Boy, I think they stopped that. There was a lottery at some point, okay. but I think that's ended. But you can go to Canada and, I believe, uh, hunt moose. Would you want to do that? Is that enticing know. to you? There was a time, but I don't know. They're such beautiful creatures. Not to say deer aren't, and I'll blow them away. But <laughs> Deer are a little more expendable. There's a lot of That's them. right. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, pick and choose, I guess. Uh Chief Brian O'Hara is uh, Minneapolis Police Chief. He joins us next. We've already had a couple people text in. If you want a question uh, that I should ask the chief, by all means, send it in. 651-461-9226. Another a string of violent armed robberies. And uh, the chief, I'm sure, very frustrated. We'll uh, let him vent a little bit. And we'll ask uh, what's being done about it next. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.